<clears throat> Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. You're smoking reefers? Yeah, of course we are. Can't you smell it? No, Sam. I can't. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit-forming. Oh, okay, well, I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. It's not going to make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex even better. Sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. Hmm. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? It's called cocaine, and you don't want no part of this shit. Cocaine? What's it do? It turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. I'm thinking maybe I'd like to try me some of that cocaine. Get out of here, Dewey. You don't want no part of this shit. What y'all doing in here? We doing pills, uppers and downers. They're the logical next step for you. I want some of that. What are y'all doing in here? Dewey, get out of here. You don't want no part of this shit. What is it? It's medication for erectile dysfunction. It gives you a boner. Not to be used if you have a pre-existing heart condition. If boners last for more than four hours, call more ladies. <laughs> well, that does sound tempting. But you know what, Sam? I really don't want no part of that shit. Did you hear what I said? It gives you a boner. Hate to let you down, old friend. This week on the podcast, uh, practice your machete skills, hang out with the Beatles in India, and whatever you do, avoid the temptations. That's right. This week, we're talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. I'm Jason Martin. I am Paul Conlon. Uh, yeah, and uh, the movie uh, opens up. Um, it's uh, Dewey uh, before the concert. And uh, you get uh, Nate Faxon playing the, uh, I guess, the stage manager or whatever, um, saying, Mr. Cox, Mr. Cox, guys, I need Cox. And then Tim Meadows is there. Um, He's like, Mr. Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. And then we flash back to his early life. And uh, got Dewey and his brother, Nate. and Nate is playing the piano like the greatest piano player you've ever seen. This little kid. Like an actual rock and roller. Right, right. Um, and uh, and then, like uh, Nate's talking about, there's nothing I won't do in this long, long life of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, shows him, uh, it shows him running from a bull. And it shows him handling rattlesnakes. And they're playing like chicken. Playing chicken. Uh, one of them is on a horse and one's on a tractor. And uh, they're, uh, and then uh, Nate challenges uh, Dewey to a machete fight. He says, "On guard!" And uh, they got machetes, and they've got they've got the uh, you know whatever the fabric covers on them. And, I think they're uh, like leather guards. Leather, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and uh, 
and uh, they're they're having a machete fight with the guard stolen there, and then uh, Dewey uh, rears back, and the guard flies off, and he slices goes, his brother in half. Slices his brother Nate in half, and uh, you know Nate is talking to him, his his uh, top half on the ground. Um, his bottom half still standing there right next to him. Right, right, and uh, Nate's saying you have to be double great for the both of us. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's, she's like, go get the doctor and, uh, they get the doctor and they're back in the living room or whatever. And the doctor's talking to the parents and he's like, this is a particularly bad case of someone getting cut in half. <laughs> and the father's saying, speak English, doc, we ain't scientists. <laughs> and, uh, he's basically saying, we're not gonna be able to save him. And, uh, the mother's saying to the father, it's not his fault. And dad's like. It cut him in half with a machete. <laughs> it's a, of course, it's his fault. Um, and uh, the dad's saying to Dewey, he's like, you're not half the boy Nate was. You're not even half of the half of the boy Nate was. And Dewey says, you know, you're saying I'm not even a quarter of the boy that Nate was? <laughs> and uh, this is where um, this is where he, uh, he, st- he smells his armpit and nothing. And he's like, I can't smell anything. And the mother says, you go on smell blind. And uh, and uh, she tells uh, Dewey to run down to the store uh, uh, to get a uh, to get some butter and a candle. We're yeah. gonna light us a candle tonight. <laughs> and uh, Dewey goes to the store, and he's these uh, old blues musicians. Uh, one of them is the guy playing the guitar is obviously really a blues musician. The other guy is a an actor who I've seen actually. He was on King and Queen several times. He played one of Jerry Stiller's. Uh, buddies but yeah buddies on king of queens he's probably just an actor but the other guy he obviously he's really a blues guy um and uh they're playing the blues and uh they're teaching dewey how to play the blues of course he picks the guitar up and uh he's a natural at he's it. natural and he's talking about cutting his brother in half and uh and then uh next thing you see there's a there's a talent show and uh, the mother is going up to dewey uh full John C. Riley is a what, like a 40 14. or 40 year old saying, there's my 14 year old son. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the Margot Martindale plan, yeah. the mother and my God, has she been in a hundred things in the last 15 years, at least when you need that. Uh, yeah. Mother figure there. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She's <clears throat> been in so many movies and TV shows. Um, and she was in the Americans for a long time. She's in so many great, great, great things. Um, and, uh, so Dewey's there with his uh, bandmates and his bandmates, you can see they actually are, oh, do look like they're yeah. 14. They are 14. And, uh, you know, plus he's like a foot and a half taller than them too. Um, and then the, the father's uh, talking to Dewey saying, wrong kid died. God damn it. Um, and uh, Dewey starts singing the song, take my hand. And uh, which is, uh, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, mm-hmm. it's the fifties. Right. And it's a sweet, innocent, almost Beatles type of, Right, 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 right. And everyone starts, all the girls start going crazy for it. Yeah, yeah, start taking and all, their... all the boys are up dancing and watching yeah. the girls, and all the parents are like, the devil's music. Yeah, exactly. De- yeah, the devils and uh, the, the, the de- all out adults are outraged. Uh, Rance Howard, again yeah. in the movie here, plays the priest. Father he says, the great it's, Howard Clan. Yeah, he says, it's the devil's music. And then the one guy punches him in the face. <laughs> And uh, after the show, the, the parents and the priest are, are talking about, we know what you're talking about when you're talking about holding hands. He's like, what do you mean? It's about holding hands. 
Um, you know who else held hands? The devil held hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's talking about, uh, you know, Dewey's talking about it's time for me to move on and get out of here. And uh, and the mother's saying, but you're only 14. And, uh, and then Christian Wig, who he'd pointed to during the concert, is there. And uh, and he's like, you know, and I'm taking my girlfriend with me or whatever. And Christian Wig, who's probably 30, um, you hear that? I'm Dewey's, Dewey's 12-year-old girlfriend. It's so great. It took me much too long of a time to recognize Christian Wig. Really? Okay. It wasn't until she was uh, had a couple of kids. Yeah, yeah. That right. She looked more like the Christian Wig I'm familiar with. Right, right. And this, this is probably her first big movie role, I think, uh, probably. And she's been in so many movies since. Well, it's but... 2007, so I think she was on Sunday Live. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was. But it's, it's I'm, I'm his 12-year-old girlfriend. Uh, you talk about a meta movie, a movie like referencing making fun of itself and referencing itself and this uh, is this just really reminded me very much as a cross between this is spinal tap the, the mockumentary with the first big giant yes, yes. and uh scary movie the first mm-hmm. big parody movie of, yeah. of another type of movie right it's right a big parody of scream and other types yes of yeah mm-hmm. and this is uh because it walks the line between those two genres. It's right it's the uh, problem child of those two yes. uh, those two movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that absolutely. Um, next, you get uh, you know Dewey left home and is trying to make it, and you can see that he's uh, basically the uh, the janitor or whatever in this uh, this black music club, and Craig Robinson is on stage. Um, Shand, Shad, Bobby Shad, Bobby Shad, yeah. and uh, doing his uh, his nightclub his act or whatever, and. Uh, and then Paul Bates plays the, the yes. club, the club the owner. Paul Bates. Yeah, yeah. Who we've already seen in, uh, you know, in, in Coming to America. And uh, there was another movie he was in on our list. I can't yes. remember now. Um, but he, anyway, he was in another movie. But Paul Bates. Um, and, uh, and the, you know, you see uh, Dewey singing along with the song like he loves the music, you know. And then you get Dewey practicing at home. <laughs> and Edith played by Christy Wig. Saying, ain't, ain't no musician ever made no money. And uh, he's just giving, he's, she's giving him grief for no reason. It's great. Um, I like the musicians you list first. He goes, what about Slim Whitman? Who the hell was he? Yeah, yeah. Which is which is a good thing. He goes, what about Frank Sinatra? Well, who the hell was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I'm doing, he said, I'm doing pretty good for a 15-year-old with a baby. And, uh, you know, this is where he comes up with the inspiration for it's a hard, it's a hard, it's going to walk hard. Yeah comes up with the idea for his uh, title title song walk hard and uh and this is where he gets in with the uh um to the um recording studio and uh um john michael higgins plays the uh you know guy there and of course um he's only brought there because of the 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 three as a as the three jewish gentlemen as they say discovered him at the black club because bobby shad you know uh, couldn't play that night, so Dewey steps in, and, uh, and he does his set. He's singing. Uh, I think it's like the song. Is, you got oh the song is you got to leave, love your Negro man, you know. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> all right, this is where the guys are at the, in the show when he's doing that, and they're basically they want to get Dewey, and then Bobby Shad is like, no, you want me, and they're like, no, I'm pretty sure you want you. <laughs> um, and again, it took me an inordinate too long to recognize. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Under all that beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the, the guys from the record company, and this is where John Michael Higgins says, uh, are you, he said, are you scared? He's like, you should be. Those Jews control show business. 
<laughs> and not only was Harold Ramis, but of course they had to get two other famous Jewish people. So they got Martin Starr, yeah, from Fixing Geeks and yeah. Silicon Valley, and Phil Rosenthal, you know, from created uh, Raymond. Everybody uh, loves Raymond. Okay. Yeah. So they had, definitely had to get three Jewish guys for sure to do the to do the and then, roles. Then later on in the movie, uh, <laughs> right. the son is put. They by need Simon younger. Hilbert. They need younger Jewish people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, David Krumholtz in the center. Yes. Because they they have to go. There still has to be a Jewish guy, but yeah. it has to be a younger Jewish guy. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to spoil things for everyone here, but mm -hmm. uh, David Krumholtz character does not make it through the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to tell you how he doesn't make it, but he does not make it. Yeah, yeah. And and then the, the three Jewish uh, guys. Their <clears throat> character names are Mr. Lakayam, Mr. Mazeltov, and Mr. Schmendrick. And I can't remember. I think Schmendrick might be Forskran or something like that. I can't remember, but it's sure. I know it's a common word, but uh, and uh, but when you get to the studio, <clears throat> he's singing "That's Amore." <laughs> even more, he's doing it more like. Do you know what maybe, that's a reference to? Uh, no, no. Okay, so apparently uh, when Elvis. First went to Sun oh, Studios. Yeah. He wanted to sing in the style of Dean Martin. Oh, okay. Which, of course, that's a more. It was a big song for right, Dean Martin. Right. And of course, here in our movie, mm -hmm. uh, he's doing hillbilly style. Right. <laughs> so it was a reference to that. Okay. And apparently, for some records, wouldn't let him do anything until they jammed on uh, "That's All Right, Mama" with mm -hmm. the band that was there. Yeah. Of course, that was the first big hit that they made. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I was just funny that he's making it even more like. You know, uh, corny uh, version yes. of that's more a. Um, I wouldn't say corny. I would have would said hillbilly version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, uh, John Michael Higgins uh, after he does that's more, you know, he's like these Jewish gentlemen usually have great taste, but your performance has shaken my belief in the Jewish faith. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, well, I'd like to restore your faith in Judaism if I could give him one more chance. Um, and uh, and then uh, Dewey has another idea for a song, and his bandmates. Uh, it's like, no, we don't know this song. He's like, you just follow me. And, you know, they all, you know, he just looks at him like, because that's kind of a bullshit thing. Like, yeah. when you say, just follow me, you yeah. don't know how to follow. Yeah, you don't know what's coming up. <laughs> They're just shaking their head, but they do it. They still end up doing it. And that's when he does uh, Walk Hard. And uh, you see, uh, as he's singing Walk Hard, you see a montage of people loving the, fan loving the song, uh, teenagers rushing to buy the album. Uh, you see the music charts. It's you see it at number four, and then next time number one on the music charts. So when they showed it at number four, you mm -hmm. can see the the songs right in front of right. it, and those songs were top three songs in that year. Oh, really? It was like fifty six or fifty seven. Oh, okay, this takes place. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> so those were those were actually chart toppers way back then. Oh, okay, and uh, and then uh, yeah, so he's got a number one song, and everyone loves it. And then you see him at home, and uh, you know he he brought home. Uh, he brought him a chimp and uh, you know, his, his wife, Edith, is real happy. He brought a chimp home and she's got several more kids at this point. Um, and then you see the giraffe. They're all eating dinner and the giraffe pokes his head through the window. And uh, and he's talking about how I uh, performed at some circus in New Jersey. And they said, we'll pay you $5,000. No, you won't. You give me that giraffe. And he did. Um, and uh and then Edith is saying, Dewey, you got to give up on this dream. You'll never make it. And they're making, he's rolling the money. <laughs> right, right. And he's like, what are you talking about? I got a number one song. And then they got like eight kids at this point. Um, I thought it was pretty funny that uh, they kept showing her with new babies <laughs> right. and kids. They never gave a count till near the end of the movie. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the Partridge family scene. You yeah, say, yeah. When you get a number. Right, right. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, Edith has a line, something about, you know, it's about love, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> I love how she gives him grief over no good reason, really. Uh, and uh, That's a true marriage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this is where he's going to play the show. And, uh, and uh, Ed Holmes, who we just saw in The Hangover, plays the, uh, like, whatever, the head of the show, the stage manager, whatever. Well, Elvis is wanting to get out early, so I need you to, I need you to go on after him. He's like, okay. And then this is where he's, he's talking to Buddy Holly, played by uh, Frank, great Frankie cast, Munoz. Great cast. Yeah. Little Frankie Munoz as Buddy Holly. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and Big Bobber's already on stage. And, uh, and then, uh, so he's talking to the stage manager. He's like, let me get this straight. So it's the Big Bopper, and then Buddy Holly, and then Elvis. And then me. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> and then you get, uh, you, a little bit later, you get, uh, and he ke- Buddy Holly kept saying his name. That, that's Buddy Holly. Was this the first time that he uh, he saw Nate? He, he goes in the bathroom to compose himself, and there's Nate. Well, he had, he had already, they had already been in the band together. No, the, his, his, his brother, Nate. Oh, no, this is a little bit later. Okay. It's, it's much later. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I was thinking it was, I think Sam was, uh, Tim Meadows is what I think it is. Okay, no. Um, no, that's, that's, I got it on here somewhere, but it's definitely a bit later. Um, and then Elvis comes off stage. Um, Jack playing, Black. No, Jack no, White. no, Jack White. Jack, and Jack Black's also Jack in the Black movie. Jack Black is in the movie later on, right. but this is Jack White. And this occurred to me because a week ago, somewhere on Facebook, I saw a photo and Kyle Gass from Tenacious D took the picture. And it's a black and white photo of, on one side, Jack White and on one side, Jack Black. And it's a black and white photo. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that Jack White and Jack Black are both in this this movie. So, um, and uh, Elvis comes out. He's doing karate. He's like, "There's only two kind of people that know karate," and it's like the Chinese and, and the king. That's me. And uh, he's all doing all this like mumbling stuff, and he walks away. And he's like, "What the fuck was he talking about?" <laughs> um, and then he gets up and he's doing the song <clears throat> on stage, doing the song about his wife, um, and. Uh, Talk about how great she is, and after this is where he uh, he goes into the bathroom where uh, Tim Meadows' character, and uh, he's like, "What are y'all doing in here?" And he's like, "You don't want any part of this shit." And they're doing they're doing marijuana, you know, doing weed, right? And he's like, "No, I don't. It probably gives you a hangover." He says, "It doesn't. It doesn't." He's like, "Well, it's probably addictive." No, it's not addictive at all. <clears throat> not happen for me. He's like, "Well, I don't want to OD on it. You can't OD on it." He said it makes it makes sex even better, and you know it would probably hurt interrupt sex. And that makes sex even better. What about uh, it's probably expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. And he's like, I kind of do women, <laughs> kind of do women on that. That joke the first time I saw it, man, it really got me the whole that whole run about marijuana. And uh, next we get the uh, scene with the uh, uh, after the after the orgy, everybody's naked, guys and girls, um, and he's he's a uh, talking on the phone to his wife and uh the guy's asking if you want to get you a coffee you know the guy's standing there with his dick right in the camera right next to her right in his face yeah <laughs> hey do you want some coffee oh no thanks yeah 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 and uh um tim meadows sam is there he's like i'm trying to make love with these two chicks right here and uh, and then he's talking to his wife and before she says goodbye she's like you're never gonna make it you gotta never gonna make it <laughs> and then uh the door, uh, there's a knock on the door, and uh, his dad is at the door. And uh, 
and uh, he answers the door and then uh, there's all these naked people including the guy with his with his dicks dick hanging out um and uh he's like i gotta talk to you it's like uh and it shows a scene a flashback what happened it's like dad was actually enjoying his music and mom and dad were dancing to his song mom trips over falls out the window and then the radio while playing his song she trips out the window and falls to the ground but survives right right <clears throat> but the radio cord right that was with her and the radio flying out right. the window right comes from the head. right and the radio while it was playing dewey's song yes. crushes her and kills her yes. <laughs> so his music killed his mom right exactly it literally killed her <clears throat> um and before he left uh, of course the dad stopped and looked back and said wrong kid died you know <laughs> it's like a running joke yeah yeah and uh and then you get the, another another drug scene with uh sam doing cocaine he's like you don't want any part of this and basically he's like yeah i do yeah i do he gets in there and then he starts singing uh walk hard but in a it 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 says punk style and you know closed caption but it's you know probably maybe it's punk maybe it's metal but anyway it's pretty crazy for the time whatever yeah. <laughs> and like that you know and uh matt besser's character like no one's gonna listen to this punk this punk music, you know, this punk type stuff. Um, and this is where uh, Jenna Fisher uh, walks into the auditorium while they're rehearsing and saying, you know, she's been a backup singer. She sang in church and, uh, you know, she wants to be a singer in the band. Um, and they're up on stage doing their, uh, their song together. And this song has got like 20 different loaded double entendres. Let's do it. First of all, it's let's do it. Um, and she says, in my dreams, you're blowing me some kisses. Yeah. And uh, he says, I'm going to beat off all my demons. And uh, and she says, you can always come in my back door. Yeah. <laughs> There's like 20 of those lines in there. I don't even put them all in there, but man, they're so great. It's my favorite song of the movie. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's like 20 different lines like that. that are like loaded, like double entendre sexual things. Um, and uh Next, uh, his hit song next is, and her name is Darlene, and the song, he's still married, of course. Darlene. Darling, Darlene. Well, the song is Darlene. Yeah. Just one word, Darlene. Oh, okay. Not her name, but Dar Darling, D-A-R-L-I-N-G. Oh, okay. But he's singing Darlene. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, they're talking about, it's like, she's like, you know, it shows him like, it shows them doing a million things together. And she's like, wow, the last week has been crazy or something like that. <laughs> and she's like, that's never promise. That's, that's promise never to give in to our temptations. After all, we're not married. Yeah. And then smash cut. <clears throat> they're getting married. Yeah. And uh, it shows them, you know, about to have sex. <clears throat> and, uh, and, uh, and Emily, is it Emily? Uh, no, it's uh, Edith. 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 Edith runs. Yeah. Edith barges in a couple yeah. kids in tow. Right. Right. In her arms. Right. Right. And uh, I think he's saying, actually, like, he didn't know it was illegal to get married twice or something. And, but also, he didn't even know, um, Darlene didn't even know he had kids either, you know. So You're married? You yeah. have kids? Yeah. <laughs> um, so his wife was leaving him. Um, and, and as his wife's leaving him, I see now on the lawn, There's now there's a camel, too. There's also a camel. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he's like, I guess... He's talking to his wife. He's like, I guess you're innocent and I'm guilty. Guilty is charged. And she says, don't you dare write a song right now. And that's what he did. He's, his next song is guilty is charged. Guilty is charged. Yeah. And, uh, and then next, uh, Sam, you know, he catches him doing drugs again with some women. And, uh, this time it's, he says it's pills. 
this is the next logical stop in logical step in your uh, progression, pills, and uh, and then during the uh, <laughs> then you get a montage of him doing pills and uh, run away from the cops. And he's out there uh, running running around like um, King Kong. Yeah, 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 with his underwear, climbing the, climbing the building, lifting, yeah, climbing the around. building, lifting cars off the ground, and uh, one of the the undercover cop actually that sells him the drugs that gets him busted is uh god i can't ian, i think robert's last name i think but ian he's the one i was talking about who's the other member of upright citizens Brigade. Uh -huh. who matt besser is one of his man guys matt walsh was in the hangover and amy puller's the other one ian roberts is i think his name and he's the undercover cop that uh, sells him the drugs and he goes to rehab and uh and rehab's all about blankets like blankets like i'm too i'm too hot Take these blankets away. I'm too cold. I need blankets. And they keep talking about blankets. And then uh, he's half passed out. And Sam is there smoking pot with a uh, nurse. And she's like, oh, he can't hear you anyway. He'll probably die. <laughs> and uh, uh, he gets out of rehab. And his next song is his uh, Bob Dylan style song. And uh, it shows him uh, on Ed Sullivan. Uh, Ed Sullivan, you know, uh, actor playing Ed Sullivan is looking on, you know. And uh, it's a crazy bob dylan-esque but pretty uh, faithful also as well it is it sounds he's got the cadence down yeah yeah everything and he mentions all kind of just crazy shit i know one of the words in the song is rim job and just a bunch of crazy just crazy stuff um and next he decides he's got to find his cause something he can uh, get behind and he starts singing songs about midgets oh yeah <laughs> and then you know and it seems crazy but then you see see some uh some dwarves or some little people in in the crowd looking and nodding in approval like yeah exactly putting their fist up you know and uh so he gets he gets to be a uh you know, an idol among among uh, little people once he's a giant among men exactly <laughs> and uh next the whole band <coughs> uh is going decides to go to india yes see the maharishi and uh they're hanging out with uh, the beatles the Beatles, uh, Paul McCartney played by Jack, Jack Black. Black. Yeah, John Lennon played by Paul Rudd. Uh, Ringo was played by Jason Schwartzman, and uh, George Harrison played by uh, Justin Long. And man, they really—not just this scene, but they really did some great casting in this movie to get some. You know, Judd Apatow co-wrote it, so I mean, yeah. it was easy so for he him. Pulled, he pulled a lot of his, his yeah. people in. He was able to get a lot of people in, um, and. You know, I know one of the one of the bandmates says, uh, you know, you guys are almost as good as the monkeys. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, George Harrison says, uh, I'm just going to sit here with my guitar gently weeps. And uh, Ringo says, I've got a song about an octopus. <laughs> and Jason Schwartzman playing Ringo is so great. He's just playing like I'm the dumbest person alive. It's so great the way he does it. It's so funny. <clears throat> it is the most disrespectful portrayal oh. the Beatles ever put on film. Right, exactly. And the whole mm. thing about uh, uh, Paul and John, like, arguing with each other, making fun of each other's songs. And they just start fighting. Oh, my God. And it's just constant. Like, there's, like, there must be, like, 15 different uh, Beatles song references within that conversation. And they're making fun of each other. And also the fact that Jack Black is playing Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney has never been remotely overweight in his entire yeah. life is funny. And he, uh, he, he didn't even shave. Yeah. Um, yeah. McCartney has been known to be unshaved yeah, occasionally, yeah. but not like Jack Black. 
Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't look like him at all. Yeah, and I remember, uh, I think it was Paul Rudd, it might have been on Mark Barron's podcast, I think, talking about, um, <clears throat> I think talking about when him and Jack Black were going to do that scene, and Paul Rudd had, had done all this research to talk, to act like John Lennon, and Jack Black was like, I didn't do any research. I'm just going to be Paul <laughs> McCarty. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just going to fucking, who cares? Uh, I think it was a Mark Maron's podcast, but I heard Paul Rudd talking about it. It might have been Conan's podcast, but it was pretty funny. They're just clicking around. Um, and, uh, and then next you get the uh, cartoon. You get the Yellow Submarine. Um, I really like that. This is about yeah. to do the LSD. Right, yeah, right. Hey, hey we'll do LSD. LSD with the Beatles shirt. Yeah, exactly. And they do the, and in, in the, Cartoon Dewey gets cut in half by a by yes. machete. Um, that oh, whole yeah, scene with the them. whole bad trip, right? And also the Maharishi was played by the guy from Forty Year Old Virgin, which we've already seen in our podcast. Uh, um, that guy, I wish he was in more things because he's he's funny as hell. Um, so uh, Dewey's doing LSD now, so now he's addicted for some reason to trampolines. He's jumping on trampoline all the time, <clears throat> and uh, this is where we get David Crumholtz. Uh, who's there? Who's like the new agent because he's younger? Yeah. Um, his his character name is Schwartzberg. Uh, they're trying to get the most Jewish name they can think of. Um, and uh, this is where he uh, decides he's going to write his new song. And uh, Schwartzberg is saying, you know, you've been writing the same song for like nine months now. And uh, he's got hundreds of people in the studio. He, well, he walks out of this little old barn. Yeah, he's going to go into the studio, and you think he's going some room in the barn yeah. or, or yeah. shed. And he goes down this hallway and it opens up into a giant auditorium filled yeah. with people. Right, right. There's like there's like Aboriginal people and there's uh there's a bunch of people playing uh what do you want to call it? The Australian uh, the long uh didgeridoo. There's a full there's orchestra. Animals. There's a full orchestra, there's goats, there's uh and the one one of the band guys like I think that goat has more has more lines than I do or something like that, sings more than I do. There's like a hundred people in the studio. Yeah, the the, the three regular band guys are all around one mic and they Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, and, and then Sam, uh, the drummer, always playing is like a, it's like a, not a gong, but sort of like that where he hits the thing with a hammer, and he's like got a frown on his face, and uh, and uh, this is where his, uh, this is where his band, his his main three guys, you know, they say they're gonna leave him, and uh, he's like, you don't think we like cheating on our wives too? You never once offered us any women. Um, and then Sam uh, keeps saying, you never once paid for drugs. Not yes. once. But he says it like three different times. I've got to tell you, Tim Meadows can deliver that line yeah. in various different forms. And every movie's in. Yes. And it's always believable. Yes. Yeah, it is. And he never once paid for drugs. <laughs> exactly. And I think he does use that line many times in many movies. That's yeah. Like okay. Yeah. And uh, Matt Besser says, you slept with my wife. <laughs> and then Chris Barnell says, you slept with me too. And I've had confused feelings about it ever since. And... Uh, and uh, they say, I guess this is an end of your a chapter in your life, Dewey Cox. And we'll be back right for this. Mr. Cox, I heard you were looking for a new backup singer for your new duet. You heard right. I was wondering if you might like to give me a try. I reckon I might. I've been singing in my church choir since I was a girl. I like the sound of that. Darlene Madison. Dewey Cox. Hello, Darlene. 
Hello, Mr. Cox. You ready to sing one? I'm always ready. Well, all right. In my dreams, you're blowing me some kisses. You and I could go down in history That's what I'm praying to do with you Let's do it in ways that make us feel good Let's do it and make that sacred sound Dewey Cox! I am not that kind of woman. All right. Well, that doesn't mean that we still can't be friends. Okay. Well, then here's to us being great friends. I can't! We're friends! I'm gonna beat off all my demons. Looking in your eyes, I start believing. Let's bring this whisper to a shout. Let's do it in ways that make us feel good. Put two and two together, perfect harmony we found. We know it's only natural. Read my lips, it's what you're looking for Here I am, sneaking up behind you You can always come in my back door Let's do it We are back here on the podcast talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, uh, starring John C. Riley. And um, this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is 74. 74. The audience score, 57. Wow. Audience liked it even less than the critics. Yeah. <clears throat> um, people are wrong on this. Probably too much dick. Probably. Or not enough. Or too much, oh, too much of the devil's music. Yeah, exactly. People were wrong on this on this case. Um, uh, I'm not so sure about that. Okay, mm. I am. Um, budget on this movie thirty five million dollars. It made twelve million. Um, I got it twenty, but either way, it lost a lot of money. No, I was just going low. Oh, you're guessing? I, I, okay. I have no idea how much it made. Right, it made yeah, it made twenty million. Um, with inflation, it's not that old. It was twenty six million. Um, Even with inflation. It still didn't. Yeah, meet its budget. Yeah, this is uh, this is one maybe the second biggest uh, flop loser on my on my top one hundred. Maybe Quiz Show might have been might have been worse. Uh, As for second biggest loser, you mean after Ed Wood? No, because Ed Wood didn't cost them. (laughs) Perhaps it's just my perspective. Okay. Um, 
uh, Golden Globe nominations for Riley uh, for best a- best actor in a um, comedy or musical. I guess it's both, but it's comedy. Um, nominated for best original song. Uh, I think that's for the song Walk Hard, but it could be for a beautiful ride at the end. Uh, Grammy nomination for best original song for the movie. Um, this movie was released December 21st, 2007. Do you remember when you first saw the movie? Um, last week. Last week. Oh, last okay. Week. What a coincidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Last week. Okay. Last week I saw it. Okay. Okay. First time. I've heard about the movie. Yeah. Uh, when it came out, it was in that kind of Will Ferrell genre of movies. Right. And I wasn't interested at the time. Uh, and the only reason I watched it was for the podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of individual funny parts but overall yeah i didn't like it okay okay uh, i'm amongst that 50 57 percent number oh okay though that 57 percent liked it so you're in that uh, I'm, uh, I'm so in, you're in the 43 percent. i'm in the agreement that 57 is a fairly good number oh okay okay for, okay. for it's uh rotten tomatoes number oh, okay um now, I first saw it, uh, I think I probably saw it on HBO. Um, I definitely didn't go to the theaters to see it. Um, not many people did, really. Um, I think I saw it on HBO probably a couple years later. And I definitely heard of it, heard about it. And someone, uh, I think someone I work with told me about how good it was. And I finally, you know, uh, recorded it and saw it. And <clears throat> why wow, I loved it the first time I saw it. Well, I would put this movie, because of its earnest delivery, in the uh, comedy category of uh, The Office and mm-hmm. those of its like that are very yeah. uh, uh, dry, mm-hmm. dry on the humor, mm-hmm. um, hit you over the head a couple of different times, so you, you get it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the musical numbers were the best part. Mm-hmm. I thought they really did very well with the musical numbers. Like mm-hmm. the, uh, Let's Do It, I thought was the best song in there. Yeah. But the overall, all the different music, and the fact that they kind of went through American pop rock genres mm-hmm. yeah decade by decade bit by bit and he went with them so yeah uh, uh, you got to hear all the different type of things that were going on yeah even up to uh you know rap and, and hip-hop right right and uh he you know when this movie was released was in the middle of the uh, writer strike uh so all the talk shows were off the air so they couldn't promote it in a traditional way uh-huh. so he actually went on tour with those songs uh-huh. and sung those songs. I don't know how well that actually helped them, but it's or hurt them. <laughs> or hurt them, yeah. But it's a unique thing that uh, you know the talk shows were basically shut down. So yeah. um, you know, the uh, the whole writer strike thing is uh, you know killed a bunch of shows. Well, and it uh, you know, I can see by the timing this movie was like two thousand seven because for example, the first season of Breaking Bad uh, was cut short because of the writer's strike. And originally, uh, originally Jesse was going to die in uh, the first season of Breaking Bad, and because of the writer's strike, it was shortened and it was changed a bit. And luckily, they kept him, which was smart. But you know, uh, yeah, my favorite show that got killed by the writer's strike was Heroes. It was chugging along pretty mm-hmm. well. The writer's strike came along, and they really couldn't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a show that really needed a writing crew to move things along mm-hmm. uh, to get things on an even keel and it it just fell apart mm-hmm. and it never really recovered yeah i watched the first season maybe season and a half of that and just stopped didn't didn't follow through with it but i like what i saw but you know but yeah like um but it's creative that they uh you know actually went on tour with the songs um, yeah the songs are well done i mean 
And nowadays they would do that all the time. Although they might do it, uh, you know, virally through YouTube and stuff like that. Of, right. I don't have a few shows here and there, but put out a lot of videos. Yeah. And um, so it came out in uh, December 21st, 2007. <clears throat> uh, these are movies that are in theaters at the time. Uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Michael Clayton, Gone Baby Gone, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, Saw 4, American Gangster, B-Movie, Fred Claus, No Country for Old Men, Juno, The Golden Compass, I Am Legend, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Bucket List, and There Will Be Blood. Is that I Am Legend? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> movies on here that I have actually seen, uh, Gone Baby Gone I've seen, uh... Uh, no Country for Old Man, I've seen. Actually, that's pretty much it for the ones I've actually seen. Really? I haven't really, I've heard of or seen parts of them yeah. on, on, on cable, but uh, I haven't really sought out yeah. or watched them. Um, you know, like after Juno had a lot of that press and such, I mm -hmm. thought oh, I should go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. That was just me. Never did. Never, yeah. Never had time. Yeah. You know, I am Legend. I wanted to see it because mm -hmm. uh remake of the uh, Richard Matheson story, mm -hmm. um, the Omega Man from yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Charlton Heston was the first remake of that, and yeah. there's been a couple of TV adaptations and such, but uh, did not see it. Yeah, uh, American Gangster. I wanted to see. I think there was a Ridley Scott movie. Wasn't it? I can't remember. Ridley yeah. Tony Scott with uh, Denzel and uh, uh, the Australian guy. I know. I saw before the the only one I've seen in theaters of all these is B movie, the Jerry Seinfeld cartoon, which wasn't great, but you know. Um I saw before The Devil Knows You're Dead, which I know had Philip Seymour Hoffman and a few other people, and it was a uh, can't think of the director, Sidney Lumet directed it. Uh -huh. Um it was good. I don't remember it that well, but you know. Um I think I've seen Alvin Chipmunks. Um I've seen There Will Be Blood, I've seen No Country for Old Men. Heartbreak Kid was a disappointing remake of Ben Stiller. Um, remake of the uh, Charles Grodin in the original one. Um, but, uh, you know, some good movies on here, though. Uh, Gone Baby Gone and No Country for Old Men are definitely two very good thriller movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually just watched Gone Baby Gone recently, like a couple months ago, for the first time. So um, I've <clears> definitely <throat> seen uh, Walk Hard the most easily. Uh, of all those movies. I've seen it more than all those movies combined. Um, but there isn't any, any, there isn't any movies on here that I really love and I've seen more than once anyway. So, you know, yeah, but, um, director Jake Kasdan, uh, he's done mostly is a lot of TV, a lot of but TV. He's from a famous family. Yeah. Dad Lawrence. Lawrence, Lawrence uh, Kasdan. Yeah. Known for, uh, writing and producing, uh, the second, uh, Second uh, Star Wars movie ever made, Empire mm -hmm. Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, Body Heat, uh, The Big Chill is probably one of his biggest ones in Silverado. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the dad, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Although Jake was apparently in a lot of the movies. Uh, okay. Yeah, I saw that he was in. Mm -hmm. He's in Silverado. Like played. Uh, that kid. Yeah, played the stable boy or something like that or something. <clears throat> um, uh, the tagline on the movie: Life made him tough, love made him strong, music made him hard. So, and. Uh, <clears throat> Here's a list that uh, someone posted, a list of all the references, uh, the musical references in this movie to musicians. And there's probably more, and this is just somebody's opinion, but they're probably all right. Uh, obviously, Johnny Cash, uh, obviously Dylan, um, Ray Charles, uh, David Bowie, Roy Orbison, Queen, Meatloaf, David Crosby, Jim Morrison, 
uh, Harry Chapin, uh, Don McLean, Elvis Presley, The Cars, Christopher Ward, I don't know who Christopher Ward is, Nelly, Tim McGraw, The Beatles, Brian Wilson, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is having a chimp. Yeah. <laughs> and a giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian Wilson, I think, is the whole uh, the song where he's got like 100, 100 musicians in the in the room or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of those, I, don't, I mean, Nelly is near the end where the you know rapper rapper covers a song. <clears throat> I don't know who I don't know who that Christopher Ward is. I guess I could look them up, but um, but yeah, a lot of different references in there. Um, the uh, Steve Park Award for this movie, I give it to uh, Tim Meadows. Um, he's got a big role, but he deserves it. This is his. Tim Meadows has been in like 200 different movies and TV shows. And this is his best role for me personally. This one? If you don't count his, his long, long stand on SNL. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, cause I love this movie and he's, he's just great in it. Um, just doing his, his silly thing, uh, especially talking about the drugs and everything, but I'll give it to Tim Meadows. And I mentioned, uh, uh, Paul recently, I, I texted uh, you about because I was just happened to be sitting there watching an episode of Friends one day, and no, Steve Park was on the was on the episode. Yeah. Sent you a picture of <laughs> Steve Park on an episode, old like first or second season of Friends, I think. So um, he's everywhere. Yeah, and uh, the Bechdel test on this, uh, I'm mean, see, it probably didn't pass. I'm trying to think of uh, the two main female characters are Edith and. Uh, yeah, and Darlene, and yeah. they did have one scene together yeah. where, <laughs> right, you realize where they're consummating the marriage, the fake second marriage, mm-hmm. or should I, illegal second marriage, mm-hmm. but they didn't actually talk to each other. Yeah, and the mother is there, but and she, in, I don't think she talks to Edith yeah. at all. Yeah, I don't think they actually. I don't yeah. think there's any scene where two women are talking to each other. Right, and there's there's groupies, but they never, they definitely never uh-huh. have a name, um, for sure. Um, and if they do, they don't talk to each other anyway. Yeah, yeah this so there's no way it does not pass. No. Um, so, getting back to the story on this, um, uh, next is where I had said earlier how we hadn't seen Nate yet. We I was thinking of the, the adult version of Nate played by Jonah Hill, but he had seen Nate at different times. So yeah, I think the first time was when he had to go on after Elvis, and he, he goes back. Yeah, and he's in the bathroom. <clears throat> one of the first times he rips the uh, sink off the wall. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's Kid Nate. Often, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you're gonna do great things. You're gonna do them for both of us, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And he pops up in his life a couple different times before yeah. he, he morphs into older uh, Jonah Hill. But... Yeah. <clears throat> and then this is so the next part after the band leaves him and everything. This is where we first see Jonah Hill playing uh, the adult version yeah. of Nate. Is this one in the second uh, rehab where he's uh, in the shock therapy in the tub, and uh, and then the Kid Nate shows up and then morphs slowly into older Jonah Hill Nate. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. He's all that shock but, therapy. But Jonah is when he's Jonah Hill and Nate is talking to him. He's just kind of like, you know, making fun of him. Like, oh, you don't have, you know, I, I can't live anymore. I don't, I don't, I can't do anything. I can't, I don't even live anymore. So, you know. Um, and uh, next we get up uh, where the CBS is. Uh, is talking to him, wants to do a variety show with him. So we get to parody the the early mid seventies where every musician basically had a variety yeah. show on TV. Um, and then the, they all do their version of the, of the cover song of the hot songs of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then people with ridiculous uh, outfits and mm. in the background, like 
cave woman outfits or some yeah. some silly thing in the background. And the Morgan Fair, no, I'm more, uh, Cheryl Teague's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Supermodel Cheryl Teague's come on like his first episode, mm -hmm. and and they hook up. Oh, okay. And her yeah. playing herself as yeah. a version of herself. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Fairchild, lots of, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, people playing themselves. Yeah, yeah. In, in little bit parts, really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you get the you get an interview here with uh, Jane Lynch uh, playing the uh, reporter from the local uh, TV TV station in Dallas or whatever, and uh, she's trying to be you know like helping promote his stuff or whatever, and asks him ends up asking him all kind of uh, uh, awkward we, questions. You knew it was going to be bad when he was telling the uh, the the manager, "Oh, I can just say this and that and about and tell him how I'm not doing that." PCP yeah. or something like right, that. Right, right. I'm not doing LSD hardcore anymore. And remind him, I don't do PCP anymore. He's like, no, I can't can't make that kind of promise, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, uh, yeah, he gets pissed off and, you know, leaves uh, after, you know, she asks him some questions that, you know, piss him off, basically. Um, and uh, she gets a, uh, and after this, um, uh, he goes back to visit his dad and in the barn and, uh, Realizing his dad wants a machete fight with him, and uh, well, he goes back to apologize to him. Yeah, and he just says yeah. something. Like, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I cut Nate in half. Mm -hmm. Which I had kind of went back to the mm -hmm. beginning of the movie, and mm -hmm. he didn't apologize ever. And this oh, is okay. the first time he really apologized okay. to his yeah. dad for mm -hmm. cutting his brother in half. Yeah, and you know, hey, well, Dad, I want to tell you I love you, and I'm, and I, I cut Nate in half. I'm sorry I did that. Mm -hmm. I never really told you I was sorry I did that. Mm -hmm. The dad, you can tell, it's really kind of choked him up a little bit. Yeah, which is, I guess, pretty good acting, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. and before I forget, um, I mentioned it a long time ago. We did falling down, but that's the police captain from Falling Down. Raymond Barry. Oh, yes, the one that talks to Robert Duvall, like when he's retiring, he tries to get, like, "Would you please stay?" And then basically, Robert Duvall's like, "No," and he's like, "You know, I don't trust a man who doesn't cuss, not a fuck or shit in all these years. You know, he's the police captain from falling down. Anyway, in this movie, he's uh, Dewey's dad. Yeah. And Dewey, and he wants to have a machete fight with him. A naked machete fight. Right. And and he realizes he's been practicing. He's like, I've been practicing for this. And Dewey's like, you have. I've been practicing to kill the wrong son. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they get in a machete fight. And then, the, you know, the, the dad swings a machete at him. And, and cuts Dewey, him right across the belly, like where right. Dewey, Dewey accidentally cut Nate. So Dewey right. gets out of the way. Right. And the dad's arm swings around and he cuts himself in half. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I didn't realize how easy it was to cut yourself in half and cut yeah. someone in half with a machete. He's like, I know, right? It's easy. <laughs> and he says, In case I don't make it. In case I don't make it. <laughs> he's like, No, no, you'll make it. You know, I like he goes, get a doctor and 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 some ice. And a tourniquet. And don't forget the tourniquet. It's really important. Don't yeah. forget the tourniquet. Yeah, yeah. He's like, in case I don't make it. And he said, in case I don't make it, I love. I love. And I, that's where he stops talking. I don't want to tell you those three important words. I love. Yeah. And, and Dewey's like, what? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? What do you love? What do yeah. you love? And uh, so, uh, yeah, now uh, Dewey's um, talking to one, and it's in. Um, Dewey's talking to one of his kids, and his kid wants to say wants to have a catch with him. Yeah, which is a reference to one of the other movies on our countdown, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Um, and I, I did watch the Field of Dreams game by the way. The opening it was pretty ah. great, actually. 
uh, the players came out of the cornfield. Yeah, I didn't see that part. It was on TV when mm-hmm. I was uh, in a poker game. Yeah. So I knew it was going on. Yeah, yeah. They, Kevin Costin came out first, and then after a little bit, like literally out of nowhere because you couldn't see him, the players walked out of the cornfield and onto the field. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, but they reminded me, someone reminded me recently about the, and I knew this back then, that have a catch was not a, was not a term. It was, you want to play catch. Play catch or have throw, a ball. Ca- right. throw the ball. Right, right. Your play catch was good, but have a catch. Play catch Either was locally locally used, but <clears throat> it wasn't used where I yeah. was. It was play catch. But anyway, he plays, starts spending time with his kids and all of his kids. And he's yeah, going to so have catch with all of them. So when he's, uh, he's, he's, he's having a catch with the first one, Mm-hmm. Who's uh what Dewey Junior? Yeah, I think I, so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He said, "Well, how many brothers and sisters you got?" He goes, well, "I got, we got, I got twenty-two brothers and sisters." Mm-hmm. And then like, and nine half brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. And there's like, you know, like forty total. Right. There's like forty kid, forty-two kids or something. Yeah. yeah. And then some of them are like the one kid's Asian, like fully Asian. Are you like, sure you're one of us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's playing catch with all of them, and he gets like literally gets years older as he's trying to play yeah. catch with each one. And uh, and uh, then they do the uh, Partridge theme song, and they're running mm-hmm. around on the bus, mm-hmm. doing whatever they're doing, having family stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you see Darlene come back, and uh, and first thing he says is, "How's Glenn Campbell?" So apparently she's been married to Glenn Campbell, like, but she's not anymore. And she's like, "Here I am at age 50. She's saying how yeah. old she is. Um, and uh, the next thing you see on the screen, it shows it's Tennessee, 1992. And uh, this is when uh, he's with Darlene, and uh, he's like, "Did you wash your hair?" She's like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "How can you tell?" He's like, "He realizes his sense of smell comes back." Yeah. And uh, he's running around smelling everything, and he gets grabs a, a handful of horse shit. Well, like, I can smell the horse shit, and she says, "Smell that shit, baby." <laughs> I love that. I love that. Smell that shit, baby. That's so fucking great. Um, and. Uh, you know, now we get vis- visited by Lakayam's son, uh, Dreidel. Dreidel, played by Simon Helberg, because they need another, an even younger Jewish person there. They need Simon Helberg there from the Big Bang Theory. Um, he's saying it's been a beautiful ride, and uh, this is where the uh, uh, Dreidel shows him on uh, on YouTube uh, shows him this rapper who is who is taking walk hard. And made a hip hop version of it, and uh, was it little fuzz nuts or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And the the rapper that they got for that is he was also on uh, Community uh, the first season, yeah. Where um, Vaughn, who was this guy that uh, Britta had dated, had a band, and and uh, they had hired him as a rapper, like Chevy Chase's character. Literally hired him to write a rap, making fun of Vaughn, like to piss him off or whatever. But uh, you know he. He'd been, you know, they used him on different things there. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the, uh, and uh, Dreda was trying to talk and was like, you know, I know you can still rock. Um, and I said, I don't know if I can rock. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of the temptations. And, uh, you know, I think it's Darlene that says, you can do it, Dewey, you know, like, and they're playing the comeback concert. Um, and then you get to the comeback concert and, Walk Hard is being sung by Joel Lyle Lovett and Jackson Brown. Yes. 
Wasn't that great? It was wild. All performing uh, Walk Hard. And they did a pretty good version of it. Oh, they did. They did. Um, and uh, you get the groupies backstage, and uh, one of them says, you know, they're like 25 or something. And like, what are you doing tonight, uh, Dewey? He's like, I'm, I'm a, like, I think he said, I'm avoiding temptations or something like that. And uh, one girl says, he fucked my grandma. And the other one says, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you get the rapper uh, come out, Ghostface Killer, which I can't remember what group he was in, but he was a pretty Wu-Tang Wu-Tang? I think he was Wu-Tang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and he's out doing the Walk Hard uh, rap version. And uh, Sam is there. And now his drug now is Viagra. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and uh, Dewey says, I don't want to succumb to the temptations. And then he turns the corner and the There's temptations the, are literally singing. Yeah. He's like, oh, the temptations. <laughs> now you get Eddie Vedder introducing him. Um, <laughs> this is so great. Uh, he's so serious, too. He's like, he's been called the drifter, the shapeshifter, the chameleon, the problem child, the hard one, the white Indian, the giant midget. And uh, <laughs> Eddie Vedder says, if Elvis and Buddy Holly are the Cain and Abel of rock and roll, and Bruce Springsteen and Zachariah and Iggy Pop is Methuselah, of course Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel, then what does that make Dewey Cox? <laughs> Such a ridiculous thing. And get Eddie, Eddie Vedder out there to do it. And he's out there singing <clears throat> uh, It's a Beautiful Ride, yep. um, which is, you know, and it's got, it's actually got a great, uh, it's, got a, it's a nice song and it's got, and of course, it's like it's about making a little music every day till you die. Yeah. Um, and he's singing it with this whole, all these musicians and this whole orchestra or whatever in the background, and everyone's singing it, and it's a beautiful song. And then when he's, you know, and then it, and it like it pauses and it says, Dewey died three minutes after this performance. Yeah. And this is where he sees off to the side, he sees his mom, his dad, Nate, and then, um, his, the inner child of himself, and then yeah, uh, and then Crumble's character, Crumble's character dies, dies has a heart audience, attack in and then there. His ghost shows up, on and the then side. they push him out on the stage. You know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, and uh, and then when you get to the uh, end um, in the credits, like you get in a lot of uh, biopics, it shows the real Dewey Cox performing, but it's John C. Riley, right? It's it's John C. Riley, but they made him look almost like just Is enough, that really him, just different enough. Is that him? And he's playing acoustically in a slightly different version of right. Walk Hard. Right. And the voice there is uh, Marshall Crenshaw, Crenshaw uh -huh. who did who did the demo. They originally submitted to the producers for the song Walk Hard. So it's Marshall Crenshaw's voice. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and that's how it ends. And we'll be back right after this. I have to try to help people with my music. Uh, some people are saying that your new music sounds a lot like Bob Dylan. Well, maybe Bob Dylan sounds a lot like me. You know, how come nobody ever asked Bob Dylan why you sound so much like Dewey Cox? Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. Rim job fairy teapots mask the temper tantrum. Oh, say, can you see them? Stuffed cabbages, the darling of the laundromat. The mouse with the overbite explained how the is this song about? I have no idea. You guys are idiots. This song is very deep. Inside the three-eyed monkey within inches of his toaster oven light. 
What do your parents think about your protest songs? What do your parents think about my protest songs, Mr. Time Magazine? Okay, we are back here on the podcast talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cuck story. Time to play one of the games we play here. Uh, we're doing the one where we give each other a name, and you have we have 60 seconds to name as many movies. Before we get to that, mm-hmm. I want, we used to do a game with the IMDb uh, popularity. Right, right. What was that called? Um, Weird Algorithm. Weird Algorithm. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, just as a thing, I looked up this movie, mm-hmm. Walk Hard. Can you name the top five? Oh, wow. Uh, the cur- uh, currently for Walk Hard. Wow. Then that's be in order, but if you can get any, yeah, yeah. anything, you probably get at least three of them. Yeah, that's tough because there's so many people in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there are a lot of people in this uh, movie. Judd Apatow? Uh, no. Wow. I'll give you five guesses. Okay. Five names to guess. Okay. Uh, Jack Black? No. John C. Riley? No. Jenna Fisher? Yes. Okay. Kristen Wiig? Yes. Okay, so you got two out of five. Did I say Paul Rudd yet? No. Okay. Well, you guess, you guess five and you yeah. guess two out of five. Uh, mm-hmm. Odette Annabelle. Okay. Uh, a reefer girl is number one. Mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig, number two. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd is three. Mm-hmm. Jenna Fisher is four. And Jonah Hill is five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack Black is six. Simon Hilberg, Justin Long, Molly Quinn, Patrick Abrams, Kid Uncredited, David Crumholt, Ted Helms, Martin Starr, Skyler Gizondo. Dewdrop. Okay. That name's familiar. Skyler then John C. Riley. Yeah. Uh, Skyler? I mean, that name's familiar. Well, he played Dewdrop, uh, which was the uh, the first kid that came back. And then he was playing catch with the Colin Dewdrop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's he's in an HBO show with Righteous Gems, but then he's in a lot of other okay. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then Harold Ramis right after John C. Riley. So there's a little, a little weird one, this Odette Annabelle. I think she's I've seen her name before in some new TV show itself, which is why it's probably yeah. not um, but the fact that John C. Riley wasn't well, the top five, he's not even the top ten. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just looking at that, I remember that old game we yeah. used to play, and I thought, uh, there's no way you can guess. I thought you'd get three of them. I think you get Paul Rudd. Yeah. That game's hard to hard yeah. to oh, get, yeah. actually get it right because it's, it's a lot of random stuff going on. Um, I know the game we're playing, it was. Uh, we give a name, uh-huh. and then you have 60 seconds to name as many movies as possible. Yes. So I'm going to give you a name to begin with. Okay. And then you can start the clock. Yeah, just when you say the name, I'll hit start. Ben Stiller. There's something about Mary. One. A Heartbreak Kid. Two. Reality Bites. Three. Tropic Thunder. Four. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Five. Greenberg. Six. Um, <laughs> um, uh, geez, can't think of that. Uh, movie Drew Barrymore, where they move into an apartment or something. Uh, wow. Oh, uh, the Royal Tannenbaums, seven. Um, the cable guy, eight. Um, hmm. God, he's directed several movies too. Um, hmm. Time. Time. Wow. So eight. I think yeah. he missed all the nine of the museum ones, Tower oh, Heist. Yeah. yeah. Who's he in the cable guy? Is he like the buddy? Uh, oh, he directed the cable guy. Actually, oh, that's what I was thinking of. Because uh, Matthew Bodick was the buddy. I mean, that's why. So I'm gonna have to get down to seven on that one. 
Yes, it does anymore. No, no, directing counts. Directing counts, right? Yeah, same as, uh, okay. Yeah, directing counts, same as the other game. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, of course, all the Meet the Fockers, Meet the Parents. Also. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah. Little Fockers. Just the whole strings of movies he had there. Are you ready? Yeah, I have no idea what you can say. Will Ferrell. Old School. One. Talladega Nights. Two. Wedding Crashers. Three. None of the Roxbury. Four. I think that's pretty much my knowledge of Will Ferrell movies. I'm, I'm sure he's done at least two more. There's one more on my list that we haven't done yet. Well, there's one on your list. Uh, uh, Finding Dory. Five. Uh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't know if he's in there or not. It might be. Um, War of the Worlds. Six. No, I'm just guessing. Stupid <laughs> shit out there. Um, well, Saw Seven. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, to say bullshit. And I got four. What, what else was he been in? Time. Um, Anchorman. Anchorman Two. Elf. Oh yeah. Um. So Anchorman's on your list, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And Elf is not. No. 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 Okay. Elf's close. But so I have Anchorman to look forward to, huh? Yeah. Same. Okay. Let's get back to the podcast. All right. Um, who's your guy in this movie? Uh, Raymond J. Barry played the dad mm-hmm. with righteous indignation. Wrong kid died. Wrong kid died. <laughs> uh, a, a, kind of a one-note character yeah. <laughs> a bit there, but he did it with gusto. Uh, yeah. I really, every time he come out, I was waiting for him to say that. Uh, and then he had a little redemption there at the end, a little character redemption. Because he... Uh, I didn't realize you could really cut yourself in half with the machete so <laughs> yeah. easily. Yeah. And he teared up a little bit when, when his son apologized for killing the good son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, right after he told his dad he loved him, his dad wanted to kill him with a machete. But, you know, mm-hmm. good character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I might pick uh, Kristen Wiig's character, just constantly nagging him. Of like you're never gonna make it. No, you new musician never made no money ever, and uh, you know everything, you're gonna fail and just for no reason, just constantly berating him, even though he's doing great. Actually, uh, it's like as he says, I'm doing pretty good with a 15 for a 15 year old with a good baby, <laughs> and uh, you know, and the fact that it's Kristen Wiig's first, definitely first most prominent role in a movie, um, really got her going and. Uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig, for sure. Yeah, she's she's pretty great. Very good. Yeah. Um, so it's time to talk about the villains list. Uh, before we discuss who the villain is in this movie, I'm going to go over the top 10 villains. For those of you who don't follow along that closely, uh, every movie, we rank a villain. We pick a villain. And if they fit into our all-time top 10 villains list, uh, then they, they get on that list. Uh, current list at the bottom at number 10 is the shark from Jaws, Frank Costello from The Departed. Bricktop from Snatch, Nino Brown from New Jack City, Hans Londa from Inquiry's Bastard, Dudley Smith from LA Confidential, The Xenomorph from Alien, Nurse Ratchet from Cuckoo's Nest, The Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz, Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs. And The Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's it's only got two thighs in it. Yeah. As opposed to the 
the, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the King, which has four thousand in the title. Yeah. Or or the band, the the right, exactly. Yeah, or band, or the band, yeah. Um the uh so who's the villain in this movie? Who is the villain in this movie? Um Dewey. Yeah. Dewey's his own worst enemy. It's one of those uh the only person impeding him throughout the whole thing. And even he realizes it later on. Yeah. It, it's him. Yeah. He's yeah. Get, he gets his way more than anything else. Uh, as for making the list, you know, nah. I, I can't see any villain, any comedy coming up or it's going to make this top 10 nah. list. Uh, nah. But we can talk about who it might be. Yeah, I, mean, I can't think of anyone else <coughs> that can really be a villain. I mean, the dad hates him a lot, but doesn't get in his way. Yeah. Uh, Edith, right. the angry ex-wife, mm-hmm. got out of the way. Right. Um, no one really impedes his progress except he himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, through drugs and stupidity and, mm-hmm. you know, ego and all stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoever it is, it's Dewey. It is Dewey, I guess, but it, there's no chance they make the yeah. list. They don't make if, our top 40. If there's some uh, record executive that all along was trying to sabotage right. his career right. and hammer him, but everyone that really heard when he did his own stuff liked what he did. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, nobody makes the list here for sure. So it's time to talk about the list. Paul, well, this should make your. No. No? No, no. I don't really like the movie. Yeah. I like some parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not my cup of tea. Okay. The type of humor um, didn't hit all any real solid notes. The couple of songs are really good. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty earnest in it, mm-hmm. so to speak, for their that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, not no. on my list. Well, it's um it's on your list though. It's it's the greatest music biopic ever made. It um, is. Yes. Is it? Yeah, it is. Better than uh The Doors? Oh yeah, yeah. Better than uh Wizard of Oz? Music biopic. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz. That's no, that's a that's a musical. I'm saying I'm saying it's the best music biopic picture ever made. The Wizard of Oz. It's a musical, it's okay. not a music anyway, biopic. Um so I guess try to figure where it is on your list. Yeah. And Paul has very few gaps on the list. He yes. has where the gaps are. There's not many left to guess. Um, true, he's, true, true. he's going to get it right sometime. I am. One one time for sure. 61. Number 11. Oh, wow. I even looked up there. I can't be that high. Number 11. Number 11, really? That is very high on your list. Yes, that's very, very high on my list. One below Baby Driver. Um, one above, I can't remember what 12 is now. Uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, yes. One above Reservoir Dogs. Um, this movie is so fucking great. And it is overlooked. And not enough people, I don't think, kind of gave it credit. It got, uh, timing-wise, I guess it got buried by other movies. And just not enough people discovered, I think, um, you know, John C. Riley finally got to be the star, the definite definite star of the movie, and I think he shined and he did a great job. And it's really well written. It's really funny. That the music is actually great. Um, yeah, the music is really good. Yeah, all throughout. And for me, it's the fact that it's making fun of music history too. I love that because I love music a lot. And it, it definitely followed through with the music history. It basically walked you through American music history. Yes, yeah, it did. And just in the in the pop, in the rock and pop genres. Oh yeah, for sure. And it really just did a great job. And yeah, it's 
number 11 on my list. I really, obviously, I really, really yeah. love this movie. Um, so I would have put it higher, but I would never put it that high. Yeah, yeah. I did not like the movie enough to, yeah, be anyone would put it that high up. Yeah, yeah. I was actually looking for similar movies on the list. I picked 61. What did I see around? I saw Naked Gun, Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Joyride, Ocean's Eleven, around 61. I don't know if that fits in there. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. No. Um, that means besides the top five movies, the highest movie we haven't got to yet is number 20. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess time to talk about what didn't make the list. Um, since it's a definitely a Will Ferrell type movie, there's there's several Will Ferrell movies that I love that didn't make the list. Um, you know, Elf is definitely one of them. Elf came pretty close. Um, there's a lot of uh, I don't know, just several Will Ferrell Talladega Nights I like a lot. Um, Another John C. Riley movie. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, there's one that did make the list. We're going to be doing very soon, the Anchorman. But um, you know. Uh, what do you have to plug? You have any plugs? Uh, nothing to plug at this time. Okay. Um, I want to plug this. Uh, there's a uh, a thing on on Hulu, six thirty minute episodes. It's called McCartney three two one, and it's a uh, legendary record producer Rick Rubin interviewing Paul McCartney, and they are going through all of the Beatles and Wings and Paul McCartney solo history. Not every song, but like dozens of songs of the Beatles and Wings and Paul McCartney. I don't understand why it would be called McCartney 321. He just put out McCartney 3. Uh, he's uh, it's his third self-titled album. Oh, okay. Um, besides all the other albums. Okay. But, uh, he's, he's McCartney way back when. McCartney mm-hmm. 2 was called McCartney 2. And oh, okay. McCartney 3. I didn't even know that. But, um, it's great because they're literally, you know, they're sitting there because, I mean, Rick Rubin produced everybody. Everybody. Like the Beastie Boys, and I can't remember the list, but a bunch of yeah. all kind of rock and country and pop and rap and everything, and uh, going through songs like Beatles songs, and they, of course they have the rights to every song too that they're using, and they're literally there at the mixing board showing, look what happens when I do this and this, and Martin McCartney's playing around with each one. And this is when John came up with this idea, and this is when George came up with this idea. This is when Ringo did this, and here's when I met Ringo, and here's when I met George, and here's when I met John, and fucking great i mean it's really so about six episodes yeah it's six 30 minute episodes on hulu um it's really really great um lots of great Beatles stories and uh stories about each song and uh yeah uh so it's time to talk about what we're doing next week next week uh avoid the rest areas uh find warren's baseball and sneak pills into puffy's dog treats but don't look behind his ears yeah, exactly. So that's right. Next week, we're talking about There's Something About Mary on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Mr. Cox, why are you going to India? Well, <laughs> I'm searching for something, if you must know. I'm fixing to do me some meditating with the Maharishi. And Dewey Cox needs India right now. And I, heck, I reckon India needs Dewey Cox, too. <laughs> Only through meditation can we begin to understand our role. We're nothing but grains of sand. That was freaking transcendental, Paul McCartney. Don't you agree, John Lennon? Yes, Dewey Cox. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. 
What do you think, George Harrison, of the Beatles? I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to get some more songs on the album. You know. And as Ringo Starr, I'm not so interested in meditation. I just like to have fun. <laughs> I like the other one. <laughs> it's so dark in this tent, you know. It reminds me when we, the Beatles, the four Beatles, mm. us. From Liverpool. Yeah, we are from Liverpool. Mm. We used to play those dark clubs in Hamburg. You remember that, Paul? Of course I do. I booked them. I'm the leader of the Beatles. But I have to say, I like your stuff. It's pretty good, and uh, most of your records I really enjoy. Well, we're big fans of your records, too. We like to think that Hard Day's Night is our guiltiest charge. Great record. Excellent album. We learned a lot from Great it. Great record. Well, we're real big fans of y'all. Huge fans. You guys are almost as good as the monkeys. You guys are great. I think I might adjourn to another dimension, take some LSD. You care to join me? Yeah, let's do that. Care to join us for some LSD, do we? It's mm. good for you. Built by scientists, it is. Lysergic. Gotta check with headquarters. Mum, Dewey Cox. Think you might enjoy it. Open up your mind to new experience, a new level of consciousness like we do, because we are the Beatles. Why don't you just let him decide if he wants to take LSD, he'll take it. He doesn't have to listen to you, and you're not the boss of him. Don't tell me what to say and what not to say, Paul McCartney. I'm sick of you being so dark when I'm so impish and whimsical. I'm sick of it. Hey, everyone, I'm I've got a brand new mantra, hmm? Mm, Paul's a big fat cunt. <laughs> don't know why you're doing. let me write more songs. You know, I just sit here while my guitar... Quietly whimpers. Well, you are the quiet one, so why don't you shut the fuck up? I've got a song about an octopus. Jam it up your ass. You're lucky we still like to play drums. Mm. Wow. Seems like there's a rift happening between the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if your songs will still be shit when I'm 64. Great. Song. No! Stop it! You stop it! Beatles, please stop fighting here in India. No, He's let, let him go. Let him work it out. Right, right in the Dewey, you've been living clean for three years now and it's done you a world of good, has it not? Look, I know I've had my trouble with drugs in the past, but I'm addicted to coke, weed, booze, lewds, and speed, not LSD. Nobody gets addicted to LSD. It was invented by scientists. Ringo Starr just told me. I heard that doing LSD can awaken your demons. <laughs> I ain't got no demons gonna get woke. <laughs> If you promise it'll just be this one time, okay, let's go drop acid with the Beatles. Hello, Dewey. Welcome to your LSD trip. Where everything's a cartoon. We're the trippy cartoon Beatles. Look at that! It's a flying fish. Totally trippy! Wow, this LSD's alright. I like being a trippy cartoon. Just keep thinking happy thoughts, Dewey. I'd hate for this to turn into a bad trip. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. What's that scary music? I had an unhappy thought. It's a bad trip. Bad trip, bad trip! Help! Trippy machete! Fuck me, I can see my large colon. Oh, I guess I do have some demons. You all right, Cox? I don't know. Do you want some more LSD? Yeah, I think I do. 